Welcome to The Burn, Beyond Firestop. I'm your host, John Zalepka. Since this show is focused on life safety, I'm on a mission to find the most interesting people in this space to get their unique perspectives. As the training and development manager at STI, it's part of my job to help people understand how Firestop fits into life safety, but we want to get, well, beyond that. So our hope is that our audience walks away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses also contribute to life safety of whatever is being built. So our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. We are a global leader in the industry in developing innovative fire protective systems that help stop the spread of smoke, fire, and hot gases. Now our guest today is very knowledgeable about such topics. He helps the fire protective industry progress forward through process improvements, recurring revenue, and jurisdictional compliance. So it's my pleasure to welcome Drew Slocum. Drew, hello. Thanks, John. Thanks, thanks. I like uh, I like the intro there. It was good. No worries. I usually do all of my research on LinkedIn. I'm sure you know that's where I got that <laughs> I from. Saw, I, I heard. <laughs> so yeah, when I went on your page, it was like jackpot. I mean, where do you even start with a guy like you? I mean, you're the co-founder of Inspect Point. You're the host of the Fire Protection Podcast. You're on the NFPA 915 Committee for Remote Inspections, the Executive Director of the New York Fire Sprinkler Contractors Association. You've worked at some huge companies, Tyco, Viking. You're a Six Sigma black belt. I don't even know exactly what that means, but I want to start a little bit further down on your profile, all the way back to your college days, if you don't mind, at RPI. But I don't want to start with your degrees in industrial engineering or the fact that you were in Theta Chi. I was a pike myself. We had our own battles with you guys on oh, um, my campus. But I want to start with Varsity Golf. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Varsity Golf, your low round, maybe a big team win, or what's the nicest place you got to play because of your involvement there? Well, I've, I've had, so I also rate for, for Golf Digest now, which is, that's, that's, that's pretty prestigious. So I get to play a lot of great courses throughout the U.S., uh, evaluate courses for them. That's that's a lot of fun. I actually just got to play Kiowa Island down in South Carolina, where the PGA Championship's going to be at. That was that was a lot of fun. But var, you know, I played RPI golf, which kind of got me, got my addiction to golf, kind of kicked off. And um, yeah, we didn't get to play too many great courses there. We played at Turning Stone and and, and a few other places, but. Uh, you know that was in the early or late '90s, early 2000s. But yeah, that's when when the balls didn't go as far. The drivers, you know, but it, it got my addiction going when when I worked with Tyco right right after uh, RPI. I moved to Houston, uh, Arizona, Nevada, and and really got playing a lot of golf. So uh, got to see some cool courses. But I prefer the Northeast courses, New York. The courses around New York and Philadelphia are are the prime time they're the best in the in the world in my opinion yeah so. definitely a lot we're spoiled around here for sure i mean i live in monmouth county new jersey and we have the best public courses oh, yeah. and uh fantastic oh, yeah. so my next question actually you kind of already answered it do you still play i mean you write for golf digest that's that's pretty cool i didn't uh that wasn't on your linkedin profile but uh what's your handicap what's your current handicap oh man you're gonna throw it out there i, I mean handicap started yesterday in the northeast it, the fact it's that you lower know than that. A, uh, the fact that you know that. 
I hate putting it out there, but it's lower than a two, but it should be it should be around a two. It's around wow. a two. Wow. Wow. Okay. So. Well, listen, we won't hold you to it. I'm a, I'm an eleven. Well, I was. I don't even know what I am anymore. But that that probably includes a foot wedge or two from behind a tree. But don't tell anybody. Right. Uh, right. But I guess when and where are we playing? Maybe I can get Matt Thomas to approve a round for you being a guest on the uh, yeah. show. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm into wherever. I, I've got to come down to South Jersey here soon, probably in in June. So. Atlantic City Country Club's on the docket, so if you want to meet me down there. That's always a fun place to uh, hang out for sure. But uh, All right, so okay, let's take me back to RPI. You got a couple engineering degrees, so are you an engineer by trade? Is that kind of what led you into the industry? Yeah, industrial engineer by trade. Um, came out of school, worked for Tyco as an industrial engineer, uh, manufacturing their dry pipe valve. Tyco's dry pipe valve, which is, I had no idea what it did, but I knew how to manufacture it from, you know, from the processes there and worked a lot of their valve and pipe plants for, for about five years. That's where I got my Six Sigma black belt, uh, with them for process improvement. So that was, uh, you know, that's kind of what I did in school. My, my degree is in, and, um, you know, after that, they, they actually brought me to a, a <laughs> The sales guys for the, the 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 pipe plant that I worked for Ally Tube in, in Arizona would always bring me to the golf events on the sales side. So they're like, "Man, you're you're good at golf. You should just be you should be in sales." <laughs> and because a lot of that stuff happened there, so that's kind of what kicked off, you know, the sales and business development career is 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 the golf side. So uh, worked with Ally Tube for a little bit longer, and then transitioned over to the fire protection product side in, in New York City. So kind of where where your background is at, territory manager in New York City. And that that's uh that's it's kind of a, a wild market in New York. They say if you can if, if you can make it there, you can you can make it anywhere. So it was tough to sell there, but it it was very it was it was a lot of fun. So I did that for probably about five more years and then and then went to their competitor Viking after that and uh Ran their business in uh, in New York for business development sales for for probably four years. So yeah, a great great background with some good manufacturers, and that's where I met Matt Thomas too. Your your uh, marketing director, chief marketing so. officer. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, but I mean, I find it interesting that golf is actually what got you into the field in sales and things like that. So uh, that that's fascinating, actually. Um, I wasn't sure if maybe. You were always interested in fire or life safety or something like that, but it's just kind of, it's one of those things, right? It just happens where you were into golf and you were yeah. into this industry and all of a sudden, uh, you're a territory manager in like the biggest city in the world, right? Yeah. 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 It was kind of crazy. I was, I was, I was on the production line doing engineering on, on the sprinkler pipe line in, in Arizona. And then they would bring me to the, all the, all the golf events. And then they're like, Hey, now you're ter now you're territory manager for Las Vegas, Utah, all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. All right. This is, uh, this is fun. Cause I, if you get to, if, if you have the engineering background and get to talk about the plat, the product or the, um, whatever you're selling, it's, it's a little easier if you know, the technical side. So golf can't be the answer to this question, but what did you enjoy most <laughs> about being out in the field, uh, solving problems? I mean, I remember seeing a, a T-shirt when I was a territory manager. It said, uh, it's called TM because badass miracle worker is not an actual job title. So what are uh, some of the things funny. that you enjoyed about being out there? 
Well, uh, being in fire and life safety is um, you, you see what you're doing every day actually make, is making a difference for the health and the safety of, of, of the community, of, of the people that we live with every day. And you're in the buildings, you're understanding you know, fire protection and keeping them safe, even though most of the, you know, most of, uh, you know, the U.S. and everybody around you, they don't necessarily know how they're being protected from fire or for for anything inside these buildings. So, you know, being in New York City, working with the FDNY, working, you know, with the Department of Buildings and just understanding how uh, to make life safer. I think it's it's pretty cool to, to see that in action and you know, whatever you're selling and, and doing every day, it's, 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 there's a, there's a great cause to it. So. No, that's great. I mean, for me, it was like you said, making that difference, knowing that something that you did or something you said, or something you taught to somebody, even something you sold could potentially save a life or many lives in the event of a disaster. Right. So I, sure. I thought that was cool, but any, uh, any memorable projects that you can remember being on out there? I know we crossed oh, paths. Yeah. I mean, I, I could remember a lot of different high-rise structures out there, but is there any one that kind of like that you remember maybe a big win or maybe just a, a crazy situation that you helped solve a problem? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Um, most recently, the tallest building in New York City, I, I helped AKF engineers out there. Uh, they're a big engineering firm in New York City, MEP fire protection firm, work with them, the Department of Buildings, FDNY, to, to come up with a, a, a sprinkler design for, for the tallest high rise, residential high rise in the world, right? It's one foot shorter than, than the Freedom Tower uh, or One World Trade, whatever. Also, uh, which I think it just opened back up, is Moynihan Station, the new Penn Station, there's a crazy protection scheme in there. I'm actually going to probably do a podcast about it at some point because some contractors that use our inspect point platform are, are, are doing the inspection or did a lot of design there. But this is, you know, the new Penn Station. It's across the street in the, in the, um, the old postal office there. Beautiful, beautiful architecture in there. But it's wide open ceilings with architectural glass. And how do you protect that from fire? So, I, you know, working... You know, with the engineers, with the FDNY, with the different contractors to put a, it doesn't follow code. It's, it's, it's more design build or, um, yeah, it's design build or I forgot the word they were using, but it's outside the scope of NFPA. So you have to, when I was working with Viking, we actually did some fire testing for it, for that, that whole design. So it's a, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to get back to take the train into Penn Station to see how it looks. Yeah, I it, it was crazy. I mean, I was out in the field two years ago at this point, and I was at Moynihan Station. I think we were like thirty stories below ground or something like that. It was oh wow, uh, it was pretty wild how how deep that goes. But uh, that's gonna yeah. be really cool to see once it opens up. But awesome. Yeah. So I mean, is, was there things out there in the field that kind of led you to co-found Inspect Point? I mean, I guess let's transition into that at this point. I, what do what do you guys do? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Inspect Point's a fire protection specific platform. I mean, we can go in a little other directions with it, with the EHS and safety, but essentially it's geared toward fire protection and the, the NFPA codes for inspection, testing, maintenance, service. So uh, fire protection contractors that are in the inspection or service realm, it's a va valuable asset to them because it kind of manages that whole process from from the field technicians doing the inspections per NFPA or whatever you're utilizing 
code-wise, all the way to a proposal, to a, a service order, to the reports going out to the customer or the even the AHJ or the fire jurisdiction. So kind of manage that whole process. We're into a lot of facilities as well, facilities and colleges, universities. So, but what, what got that started is uh, some, some friends from, from RPI, we were bouncing ideas off each other one day and they had some friends in the, the fire protection space and were actually my clients when I was at uh, Viking and Tyco. And I've, I, had, I had been in training classes for NFPA 25 before, and I always was like, why, why is everything on pen and paper? Why can't we move to a more digital solution? You know, we're, we're, everybody's on a smartphone these days. Why, why are we doing this? So that kind of got that, that, that going in, what the, what's that, 2014, 2015? And um, yeah, we all kind of picked out a way at it for, uh, for, for a few years, and then we're a full-fledged company. We're we were a startup a few years ago. Now we're we're one of the leaders in in fire protection inspections. So, how big is your company? You got any other co-founders you want to give a shout out since uh, so they can hear their yeah. names on the big show? <laughs> yeah, there's 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 four co-founders. Uh, Phil Sergiano. He always gets mentioned last, so I'll mention him first right now. All right. Phil Sergiano, <laughs> back RPI uh, background in in software development. So. Uh, the other three co-founders are heavy in the software and processes side. So I kind of brought in the fire protection piece and it's a great niche industry to be in because nobody's really doing what we're doing. So we got Phil, uh, uh, Jennifer Doyle and, uh, Padraic Doyle, Pat Doyle, um, uh, Pat's CEO, Jen's head of customer success. So she is, she is the wizard or the, uh, What's a lady wizard called? I don't know. Wizard dress. Wizard dress. Wizard dress. Um, she she does she does everything when when every, when once somebody wants to sign up for the platform, she gets them all the way squared away. She launches them within a couple of weeks, and she's kind of the 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 staple to our platform. I'll give her the shout out there. Uh, Pat, Phil, and I. Pat and Phil are software developers, high end um, iOS and uh, everything else. And I'm the fire protection piece. So it, it's a great synergy between the four of us. And then we have a, we have a team of over 20 people, uh, in upstate New York and throughout the country. And we're growing. We're probably, we'll probably get be over 30, 30 people at the company by the end of the year. So, I mean, it's remote inspection. So has did the pandemic hurt you at all or did it help you? Or, I mean, did it weirdly enough, the industry, we were all worried when the pandemic started, but you know, a little over a year ago, um, but fire protection inspection did not stop. It was an essential business. It was categorized by an FPA that way and a lot of fire jurisdiction because the buildings are still there no matter if people are in them or not. So fire protection on the reoccurring revenue or inspection side still needed to be done. And actually most companies that we talked to were above their forecast for 2020, which is crazy, right? Not a lot of new construction happening, or it kind of slowed down toward the end of the year, and it's still still in, it's still slow depending on what sector or area of the country you're in. But um, as you guys probably see with with fire stopping and everything, but the um, you know we had a great year because everybody whether if you were on an antiquated platform or even pen and paper. If you're not into the digital world by by the end of this pandemic, there's you know it, it's going to impact your business. So 
The reoccurring revenue of inspection, testing, and maintenance has been huge for us. We've we've been I'm very grateful um, to have the year we did, and kind of 21 is going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's been great. Now new constructional, you know, it's hit or miss right now, but I, that'll come back eventually. You know, infrastructure projects will help that, but um, you know, there's call for residential as well. So I think there's some. There's still some growth opportunities in fire protection. For sure. And I'm, and I'm sure you'll find them probably from the podcast, right? I mean, a podcast don't hurt, right? I mean, uh, what what kind of led you to start the podcast? Was it, I mean, business related or was where was the inspiration? Where did that come from? So uh, I think we started it or I started doing it a couple of years back. You know, we, we talked about it probably about three years ago. And there's another there's another podcaster out there that came come out with one. I'll give him a shout out, Chris Logan of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast. He's out of Ontario in Canada, and uh, he started that up probably six months or so before we did ours. So we collaborated a little bit toward the beginning, and we still do. I talk to him all the time, but I always listen to podcasts. And some of the other co-founders thought it was a great idea to to get some content out there, and I I didn't want to make it about inspect point even though it says it's powered by inspect point the fire protection podcast but i wanted to bring in and similar to what you're doing i wanted to bring in fire protection professionals that i've i've dealt with over the years or just new technologies or new ideas that are kind of progressing the industry forward and um you know some some hot topics out there no pun intended but you know it, it's been a lot of fun just learning from from uh from different people in the industry that i've always looked up to so no nah, i mean you've had some amazing guests on your show as i'm doing my research obviously you mentioned the chris logan the dual podcast that was pretty cool uh, yeah. terry victor joe meyer but i guess tell me drew who was the absolute worst guest that you ever had on the show no i'm kidding you know i actually have to answer that probably myself probably man. probably myself you know I, I i actually don't even listen to it and once they record it it's out there. I hate listening to myself, so it's, you know. I know, it was it was painful. I mean, this is only my second episode here, but the first one, it was like, oh man, did I, did I really sound like that? But uh, maybe, okay, tell me on a more serious note, what's something about maybe the industry, yourself, or life in general that you maybe weren't expecting to learn from doing the podcast, but you're like, wow, that this is pretty cool, or this is eye-opening, or, you know, helped your business in some well, way. Well, it's just the reach of it, and you'll you'll learn this, um, and you know, some of the podcast platforms that you, and hopefully Riverside listens to this because they, they hold on to a lot of that data of who's listening to it. Right. I have, I know where they're listening and how many guests or how many listeners we get, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting stuff from Southeast Asia, from, you know, the Middle East, from Africa, from Europe. I mean, most of it's us and Canada based, but I'm getting people listening all over the world and it's pretty I don't know. I, I never thought it would be this as big as it is. Um, and again, it's all about the guests and getting it out there, just getting the messaging. And we've got, I know we've had a little break since the last one, since I had Terry Victor on, but I'm, I'm recording two in the next couple of weeks. And um, yeah, I'd love to have you guys on at some point too. But I, I probably have five to 10 episodes over the next few months that we're recording. So that's what I was going to ask you if you had any any guests you wanted to promote or any shows or yeah so I I so I reached out to 
I don't know if you guys know NAFED, uh, 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 North American Fire Equipment Distributors. So it's the extinguisher companies, it's the uh, restaurant suppression companies, and, and they do a lot of different other trades as well in fire protection. But they're having one in Atlantic City, uh, a trade show, an actual trade show, which we get to finally go back to trade yeah, shows. Wow. Uh, there's one in Vegas in Atlantic City in June. And um, hopefully I can promote this. They wanted me to come on uh, to be a panelist, but I'm also going to do a um, uh, I'm going to do a live podcast at the trade show at both of them. So that should be fun. Don't know what we're going to do it on yet. Probably have some different contractors, distributors, manufacturers, and uh, just have fun with it. You know, I think that's you know everybody wants to. Everybody's been locked up for for a year here, so I think. You know, getting out and seeing people is going to be a lot of fun. So, taking that on the road will be will be uh, entertaining. Yeah, it'd be awesome to get back out there. And hey, send me the link to that, and I'll I'll be happy to put it in the show notes and uh, promote that for yeah. for you guys for them if that if that helps in any way. Um, how about InspectPoint? Any new innovations or things rolling out with the company that you kind of want to tell us about? Uh, yeah, we're always. I mean, our product is always evolving. You know, I always say twenty to thirty new features every month it could be small, it could be big, but you know, we're, we're heavy. We are launching a very big, um, uh, Canadian fire alarm ULC platform here, probably early summer or so. Uh, that's going to be game changing, I think for the, at least to the Canadian market, but also getting into just some different NFPA codes as well as, uh, our service platform, you know, our, our competition a lot of time are, are kind of service oriented softwares, software platforms, and they don't necessarily touch fire protection or they just maybe dip their toe in it. So, you know, we're kind of the full flow from inspection all the way uh, to the service uh, work orders and even the invoicing. So, yeah, really excited to, to, I, I again, I don't have any, I mentioned a few there, but, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's just inspectpoint.com or just stay in tune on social media. You awesome. Inspectpoint.com. And we'll, we'll one, also put that One question I did have for you. Sure. One question I did. Sorry. One question I did for, for you. So we're always putting different modules in the platform. I mean, we have we have a little version of NFPA 101 with occupancy and exit signs and uh, egress in our platform, you know, for uh, inspection. Now, when fire stop inspection happens, and that's usually on an install basis, but who's doing the inspections for for fire stopping? So it depends. I mean, right now, since the 2012 IBC, there's a third, you know, a requirement for third party inspection on certain buildings, high rise, 75 feet or above, or risk three, or risk four category buildings, which are, you know, places that have explosive kind of stuff in them, you know? Um, sure. So that inspector is typically hired by the owner and paid for by the owner to kind of go around pre-AHJ, the authority having jurisdiction, who also may need to sign off on what the third party inspector has already looked at. So it really depends on who's, inspecting who's enforcing what the jurisdiction is there's certain places like las vegas new york california places in florida that really you know drive home the ibc and in, in certain high profile projects especially but you know again it's kind of the interpretation of code sometimes so if you're in a smaller town that maybe 
doesn't understand the importance of Firestop. You could get somebody who's looking at something that goes, yeah, it's red, good. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's a long answer, but it's, it really depends on the jurisdiction and how high profile the project is, really. Sure. Yeah, because we have some contractors that do kind of a combo of everything that do Firestop inspections through our platform. So I've always been, you know, interested in that market. If it's, if it's, should we go deeper and bake in some of the NFPA 101 codes in there for, for depth and, you know, all the, all the different requirements for, for those third party inspectors. So, uh, maybe we'll have to take this offline. Uh, yes, yeah, we certainly can do that, but we already have a program called Firestop Locator. Uh, which oh, is sorry. Awesome. Yeah, no, it, no, 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 it's good. I mean, may, there may be some, some synergies there to kind of tie it in together. So if our software development team is listening, which I, I hope they are, uh, reach out to Drew. You know, I'm sure, you know, like, I, like you said, it, anything that can make buildings safer is, is what we're all about here, right? Sure. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and you got to move the, the industry, HJs, contractors, building owners, more to the, the digital side of things. So, so that, I mean, that's kind of where I was going to ask you the last question. Where do you see things moving? But it obviously, it's obviously digital, but do we see more code enforcement, more standards, better enforcement? I mean, what, what are you seeing as a, an well, overall I think trend? you'll see this too with fire stopping and it's going to be happening in all fire protection, but I, I sit on NFPA 915, which is the standard for remote inspections. So and it, it really got accelerated through the pandemic because you really can't be, you can't really gather or meet or do really do inspections a lot because of, because of the pandemic. Right. So what, uh, the FDNY has done and it's happened throughout the country. Um, some other uh, jurisdictions that sit on 915 are doing remote inspections. So instead of a technician out there, it's going to be more remote. So somebody's there with a, an iPhone or um, an iPad or whatever, they're on a Zoom or FaceTime with like a, a jurisdictional and AHJ or just maybe a senior technician to go through an inspection with them. Um, now that it's, it's just a base code that it's still got a few years until we're, you know, the team is done with it, but it's going to be enacted by, uh, or it's going to kind of be put into some of the other NFPAs like NFPA 72, 25, 101, and a few of the others where if you can't have an inspector there, um, there's an opportunity to do it remotely. So, uh, I mean, the FDNY is doing it right now with remote inspections on, for verifying the fire alarm systems. So not everybody needs to be there. The FDNY's AHJ is the inspectors back at a at their laptop or back at the FDNY headquarters. And the engineer or third party inspector or contractor are there with a essentially FaceTime or Zoom going through the full inspection. So I see this happening in fire stopping. I see this happening in a lot of different realms of fire protection. So I think that's probably in the next five years going to be a lot more prevalent. It's right, right now it's not allowed in the code, but the, again, the standards being created and uh, it's kind of a fun time to be in fire protection. So, well, Hey, maybe you have to uh, invite me to the next committee meeting for nine 15. I'll, I'll have to come check it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's open for guests. So um, I don't know when, I don't know when the next meeting is, but it, again, it's still in, still an in infancy and it, it's again it's just a base um standard for remote inspection i mean people are talking about remote testing and 
you know, on systems and all that. And that's, that's a whole different topic. Um, you know, on internet of things and IOT, that's a, that's, that's a new and innovative, you don't really see that in Firestop too much, but more the active systems where, uh, you can get some essentially remote monitoring information or remote testing information back from the systems to provide essentially monitoring virtually. So if, uh, if a system is discharging, you're going to know that from your phone, kind of like your Google Nest or your ring camera, or, you know, I've got a, an oil gauge downstairs that tells me when I'm running out of fuel, you know, on my phone. Well, that, I mean, that's good. I, if, uh, if the fire stop was dislodging, then there'd be a fire at that point. <laughs> yeah. Actually passing yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. So Drew, is there any parting thoughts that you want to leave us with or anything you just kind of want to, say while while you got the microphone uh not really uh just inspectpoint.com you can follow us on linkedin follow me on linkedin uh we're on all the social media platforms please subscribe to the fire protection podcast i always like having listeners and would love feedback to any any new topics you know and a, a lot of your guests could be my guests could be chris logan's guests so there's a lot of people out there that it, it's interesting on each platform or each podcast platform, um, they're all kind of structured a little differently. So that's nice. And I think it's a nice synergy between all of us. We're not, Chris, Chris puts it out as we're, we're all co-competitors, not competitors. So we, uh, we brainstorm and, um, again, it'd be fun to collaborate a little more. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, I've already been trolling your list, so. I'm yeah, sure some of your fine. guests will be getting a call, but uh, no, that's all. Yeah, awesome. you're good. I only like Thank having you. them on. Well, I have a few reoccurring guests, but uh, um, did you listen to the one that I did on, in, in San Antonio at NFPA? It, it was at a tequila bar. It was. <laughs> I think I would have recalled that <laughs> one. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. So I, I kind of want to do something similar and uh, just make it fun. I, I, again, it, it didn't get too rowdy, but. Um, you know, it loosened up the guests a little bit to, to kind of speak their mind. And that's, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Kind of like Joe Rogan, you know, start having, yeah, a yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess we can start drinking now. Right. It's 11 AM. It's 12 o'clock somewhere. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Drew. I appreciate you coming on. Um, and Hey, and thank everyone for listening. We know that there's many podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to this one. So thanks again. And be sure to check out the show notes for Drew's links and some of the things that we talked about in this episode. And, and finally, if you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And of course, rate it, review it, tell a friend about it. Because remember, friends don't let friends not know about awesome podcasts like this one <laughs> or Drew's, the fire, uh, fire protection podcast. Uh, so until next time, this is The Burn, Beyond Fire Stuff. Drew, take care. Thanks, John. All right, Take thank care, you. Man.